Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the MTG Goldfish Podcast, episode 121. I'm your host, Richard. Chaz is sick and unable to join us today, so today it is just me and Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive. So, Seth, how are you doing, buddy? Ah, doing well, Richard. How are you? Good, good, good. So, we're two-manning it today. No Chaz, but uh, we'll talk about... Uh, the new FNM promos, very exciting news. Uh, the first post Pro Tour Almond Cat decks from Grand Prix Montreal and Santiago. And 1v1 Commander on Magic Online. We've been playing a ton of this, so we wanted to just uh, throw our thoughts out there on this. So, let's get underway. FNM promos, they just released the next batch from July to September. We have Reverse Engineer, Renegade Rallier, and Fatal Push. What do you think, Seth? Fatal push. Is, is this the FNM promo to redeem all previous FNM promos? It's the best one they've had since Path to Exile, I think. And Path to Exile was a long time ago. Like, it, it's been a while since we've had a promo on this level. So I'm super excited about it. It seems like Wizards is really upping the promo game, which is... I. Something we asked for. Like, I wrote an article about this maybe six months ago or something. Uh, there was a big conversation. I think the professor at Tolerian Community College did a video about it. How having better FNM promos is a really easy and good way for wizards to uh, uh, facilitate more participation at FNMs and get people in the door and cards like Fatal Push and even Renegade Rallyer and Reverse Engineer, which aren't Fatal Push, but are still playable. And if you got to pick like the best uncommon out of a set are in the argument of being the correct choice for these slots are just so much better than the jank we had been getting. So I'm super happy about it. My Twitter feed today has been overwhelmed with people saying, oh, I'm going to go to FNM this September. Like, I'm actually going to show up for these events. So I think it's a great choice, and I'm I'm excited for it. What about you, Richard? Is this enough to make you uh, cancel whatever Friday plans you have in September and go to FNM instead? I would say yes. This is the first promo in a long time that actually has me motivated to go to FNM. And what that means, unfortunately, is I can't play some janky deck. I got to play a good deck now <laughs> because I need to win to get my fatal pushes. But yeah, I think a lot of people will show up and a lot of people will try really hard to get these fatal pushes. Uh, like right now, a fatal push foil is like $40 or something. Uh, so yeah. if you wanted a foil fatal push, it's actually quite expensive. And the art is amazing. It looks really cool. So, yeah, I think it's great. The only downside is it's September. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, let's let's tune my deck. Let's go. And we're still several months away from getting Fatal Push. So the only downside is it's far off. Uh, but I think it's a great promo. And like you said, it's on the level of Path to Exile, uh, Serum Visions, like these cards that you would actually play in multiple formats. So it actually makes it worth it to go to FNM and actually try to do well. Yeah, and I mean... Renegade Rallier is technically a modern playable card. It's still kind of on the fringes. Reverse Engineer very well could be two. Like, being able to tap three artifacts and draw two for two mana is a pretty powerful effect. So I feel like they did a good job all around. Although Fatal Push is definitely the big winner. And you're right, the art is super awesome. It looks really sweet. And the weird thing is, and I don't know exactly why this happened, but if you look at the card numbers, Fatal Push was supposed to be in August 
exist in front of Renegade Rallyer, and Renegade Rallyer was supposed to be September, but then they flipped it around apparently at the last minute. And I don't know if they've told us why they did that, but it was an intentional choice by Wizards to push back Fatal Push by a month. The best theory I've heard is September has five Fridays in it. Ooh, so, to so get more get, of them out there. You get more Fatal Pushes, but I have no idea. Uh, looking forward, from Amonkhet Block, what cards do you want to see for the future FNM promos? Uh, well, when I wrote the, the article about FNM promos, I was open to Wizards expanding them to include rares, maybe? Like, not necessarily chase rares, but more than just uncommons. But assuming we stick with uncommons, there's two or three, maybe four that really stand out. I think my number one choice is probably Sensor, which is seeing very heavy play in Standard. I don't know if it'll really see much play beyond that. And then you also have, like, Cast Out, Bone Picker, Lord of the Accursed, any of those four, I think, would be the top of the list, assuming they stick to the old formula of having them be commons and uncommons. What yeah, about you? Is there anything Lord else? Of the accursed. Lord of the Accursed. It's it's a card that is kind of seeing play in standard, and it's just like a casual all-star. Uh, in terms of value, you'd go with Sensor, but it's such a boring card. <laughs> so I think they would go with Lord of the Accursed. Uh, you know, everyone loves zombies, so more zombie promos, I think, would be pretty cool. So, Richard, let me ask you, since we're on the topic, what do you think about Wizards mixing in more older format cards for promos? Like, right now, it's you get two or three uncommons primarily from each new set and that's kind of what we get there's weird exceptions like when modern masters 2015 came out is when we got another path to exile but for the most part it's all standard legal cards so you think it would be sweet to see more like commander or casual focused fnm promos in the rotation even if they're not from uh in print standard legal sets i think definitely uh, i don't know about other stores but my store there's a big kind of modern presence and even legacy and commander so not you know the players there don't exclusively play standard so by giving out non-standard promos i think you know people will still be happy you know the the weird thing is if your store only plays standard then no one will come to get path to exile because to them it's actually worthless uh, but even then because it's actually worth something you can just sell it and buy whatever standard commons or or sta standard staples you needed so i actually like that move and that opens up the possibilities for uh, printing desirable cards because right now if you're looking for from the set of standard uncommons like there's not many cards that are that exciting like fatal push is one of the most exciting uncommons we've had in recent memories uh not all sets will have an exciting uncommon like that so if you open it up to uh modern then you can get cool stuff like a promo inquisition of kozilek or something promo path to exile or you know god forbid promo lightning bolt you know they can just go all nuts <laughs> you know if you want the the record for m&m attendance just just put a lightning bolt out there or something so I, I think modern and legacy and commander uh staples would be pretty sweet yeah i mean it might be a weird time with the band list stuff but could you imagine like soul ring what a sweet m promo that could be or even like i don't know mind stones and basalt monoliths and other things like that that are super heavily played in commander formats i think they could make awesome promos as well as long as it's not 
Savage Lands. <laughs> I remember winning. I have like four Savage Lands from like spiking a, a, a row of F and M's, and I'm like, "What am I going to do with these cards?" <laughs> All right, let's oh, yeah. move on to Standard, and we're out of Pro Tour and into the first post Pro Tour tournaments. We actually had three this weekend. We had. Grand Prix Montreal and Grand Prix Santiago. Those are standard. And then we also had the SDG team constructed. So a third of the decks there are also standard. So we saw a ton of Etherworks decks, a sprinkling of vehicles, zombies, and uh, black green decks, and uh, blue red control decks. So kind of similar to the Pro Tour metagame. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it looks a lot like the Pro Tour. If you watch any of the coverage this weekend, you know that even though the top eights didn't end up looking that extreme, I think both of the GP top eights ended up with three teamer Etherworks decks in them. It was definitely the story of the tournament, and there were some times where it looked like it was going to end up with a lot more. There's a ton of teamer Etherworks decks between, like, ninth and 16th in these tournaments, so we have... It was definitely the deck of the tournament. That's the deck to be in standard right now. Is it beatable? Probably. I think that there were some encouraging signs. It wasn't the six-team Aetherworks in the top eight. We saw blue-red control kind of rise up as a deck that might have a good matchup against Team Aetherworks and against Zombies, so that put up a pretty good performance. The Vehicles deck started splashing blue in the sideboard primarily, and that brought some of them into the top eight in some of these uh, tournaments. So I feel like Standard is... The variance of Marvel still drives me crazy, but I don't think it's as unhealthy as I was fearing it would be earlier this weekend and coming out of last weekend in the Pro Tour. So are you okay if the metagame stays like this until Hour of Devastation, or are you still hoping that, you know, something changes? Uh, so... I'm hoping things change in the sense that new decks rise up and that we see new archetypes and we see innovation. As far as something changing, like wizards banning something, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm on board with that or not. I do not like Marvel and I wouldn't complain if something like that happened, but I'm just not sure if standard can handle another banning right now. Yeah, and I, I don't know that Wizards is willing to, to ban this. Like, that would be yet another Chase Mythic card that, you know, what would they ban? Probably Ulamog, right? Or would they actually ban the Marvel? And that would just be another Chase card that's at the forefront of the bannings. Like, every face card, you know, Emrakul's already gone. Sahili pretty much did the Guardian in, even though Sahili didn't get hit. And now you're going to go after Ulamog. Like, it just doesn't look good. And I don't think it's a big deal. I know the coin flip looks bad and feels bad. And it, it probably is bad. Like, you know, if if losing to Blood Moon feels bad, you know, if losing to Choke <laughs> or a Counterspell feels bad, then yes, losing to Marvel with a coin flip Ulamog on turn four, it has to feel bad, right? But I don't know what you're going to do about it. It's... it's there are feel bads in, in magic, you know, when the person loses the game, there, there's going to be a feel bad. So I don't know what the answer is outside of stop printing things that cheat mana and stop printing <laughs> things that create infinite loops. 
But we're, we're here right now, and under the old rotation, I think Ulamog would have rotated by now. But since they went back on it, we're still here, and uh, hopefully if you put enough ceremonious rejections in your deck, you can get around this, and you know, hopefully that one time your opponent does spin the Marvel, they brick, and you manage to kill them. But outside of that, I think uh, we're in for a a lot of marveling for the for the next couple of uh, weeks. And I think like the relative health of the format depends on your view of Marvel. If you think Marvel is bad and unfun and too good, then you're probably not super happy with Standard. But if you think Marvel is just another very good deck and probably the best deck, but not unhealthily strong. The format's not that bad compared to what we have been seeing. Like, I'm just looking at the metagame page right now. Teamer Etherworks definitely has taken the reins as the best deck in the format. It's almost 30%. But you got, like, Mardu Vehicles is over 15. Zombies is at 13. Blue-Red Control is at about 12. So you kind of have the, you know, three or four decks. You have... The combo deck in Marvel, you have a straight-up control deck in Blue-Red, you have some aggro-slash-mid-range decks in Zombies and Mardu Vehicles, so in that sense, you have a lot of the pieces of what would look like a fairly healthy metagame, uh, if you just look at the numbers that way. So I think it really is uh, very subjective and dependent on your view of Marvel. If you're a Marvel hater, you probably don't like Standard, but if you're okay with Marvel, I think Standard is in not that bad of a place at the moment. So where do you fall on that argument, Seth? Is Standard good or not currently? Standard is better than it was. That's what I've been arguing for the past week. It is way better than it was when it was just Mardu Vehicles versus Copycat. We took a step in the right direction. Is it where I want it to be? Do I think 30% of the format being Dex is trying to turn for Ulamog people is a good thing for Standard? Not necessarily. So I think we've headed in the right direction, but we're not all the way there yet, and I think we're going to most likely just have to wait for rotation. I I would just be amazed if Wizards ban something, especially when your choice is Ulamog or Marvel. Like you said, another two chase mythics that were like the big story cards of their sets. I just, I don't, I can't see them doing that again when we're getting to the point where, what are we, almost in June now, three months till rotation, a little over that. We're getting to the end game where Ulamog's not going to be in the format, so I think it's going to be like, like how it was last year. Last summer was all about Collected Company. People were kind of sick of Collected Company by the end of it, and it didn't make the most enjoyable tournament scene or viewing experience when you knew that 30-plus percent of the meta was going to be banned company decks, but we sucked it up, we made it through, it rotated, and then things, you know, changed there. So I'm, I'm assuming that that's how this summer is going to be. So I'm not miserable with standard but i think it's gonna be another meh kind of standard for the rest of the summer yeah i think i agree with you it's it's like collected company it's there's clearly a strongest deck here i personally am not too phased by kind of the spin to win uh rng die roll on marvel it's it's a control deck in my opinion it's okay <laughs> if they gain you know severe advantages uh, but it's not unbeatable. There's a lot of other decks you can play. It's not like mono black devotion mirrors like we had at one point. You know, people didn't complain that much back then, but I think that's actually like a worse metagame. Uh, whereas here we actually have, 
you know, aggressive decks in zombies. We have control, like pure control decks in blue-red control. You have the mid-range black-green deck. And then you have this combo control deck as well. So I think we actually have everything uh, we want. It's just... You f- it feels bad when you lose because they hit that Ulamog <laughs> and kill your lands and there's no counterplay, right? But it's, uh, We need, like, a pithing. I think it still comes back to the thing we've been talking about so long. Like, Wizards ha- did start putting more answers, but we we still need more answers in Standard, I think. Like, it keeps... I keep coming back to how differently the past six months of Standard would be if... Uh, Relic of Progenitus and Pithing Needle. Those two cards were in the format. Like, how drastically... Like, we could legitimately argue that three or four of the cards that have been banned might not have gotten banned with those couple of efficient answers in the format. So, I don't know. I'm trying to keep the long-term view. We've heard rumblings of... Uh, maybe Corset's coming back. We also, uh, got this weird news this week about Wizards filing a trademark for a set called 25, whatever that, um, is. We have no idea, but there's some rumors that that could be the return of Corset's for the 25th anniversary next year. But something like that to get more of those answers in the format, I think, is the, the long-term thing that'll solve a lot of these problems for the next five and ten years of standard, but I think we just got to deal with it for right now as Wizards kind of heads back in that direction. Yeah, they really need, like, a containment priest for standard where, like, if you cast a spell and you didn't pay its converted mana cost, then it's countered or something. Something like that, that, like, stops cheating stuff into play. And put it on a body so, like, you can actually kill it so that there's actually counterplay to this, and then it becomes a very interesting hate versus anti-hate matchup. So, let me ask you why we're talking about this. Um, energy. What do you think of mechanics? I think that one comes to mind, and also Infect comes to mind. Mechanics that Wizards makes where you intentionally can't interact with them. No way of getting rid of poison counters. No way of getting rid of energy counters. Is that a healthy design decision from wizards to make certain mechanics where and intentionally make it so you can't interact with them at all? I think it's fine. I don't think the problem is energy itself. Like that, instead of energy, it could just be mana and we'd be in the same spot. Like, I don't know that draining energy from someone's uh, energy reserve or something is actually there it's it's really the fact that you can use etherworks marvel as a four mana card so i think it's more of the what the energy enables as opposed to energy itself i I don't think they should make something that drain you know the leeches for energy where like you attack an (laughs) opponent it takes away an energy or something i don't think they should make those kind of cards so is marvel too good then should it have been five mana six mana like is it it's like show and tell or something right like whenever you print one of these cards there's a very fine balance between like how much mana or in this case how many resources you need and in this case the resources is four mana and uh six energy if you make show and tell 10 mana it's like useless if you make show and tell three mana it's suddenly a legacy deck so Marvel at four and six energy, I think, is too aggressive. Like, you can generate energy really fast, and four mana is just four mana. So I, I think it's just too cheap for what it does. Uh, you know, if it was just eight energy and five mana, maybe Marvel is not a deck anymore. I don't know. Yeah, I think 
in part of it is probably the balancing of new mechanics. I imagine that a mechanic like energy where you're putting a whole new resource system into the game, it's got to be pretty tough to balance that properly on the first go. We kind of saw that with the vehicles as well, with Smuggler's Copter in Heart of Kirin. So I think that that's kind of a double challenge when you're working with these brand new mechanics. But uh, I don't know. Hopefully things are going to get better as far as the balancing of some of this stuff. I guess another piece of news that popped up this week, uh, thanks to Marrow, was... Wizards making this new playtest team and basically hiring a hiring someone to lead this playtest team, putting some platinum pros from Wizards. I think Melissa DeToro was one of them, Andrew Brown, and it sounded like their full time job is going to be to playtest new sets. So, uh, do you think that that will have an impact on some of this stuff? Do you think having platinum pros in this dedicated team that will be grinding Marvel before it ever gets out into the community's hands has potential to? fix some of these problems and catch them before it's too late yeah that announcement blew my mind i'm <laughs> i was like what what exactly were you guys doing over there <laughs> this entire time if you didn't have a playtest team you know it's like a chef coming out and announcing yes i will taste the food i cook for you first right you're like what like you weren't doing this before i'm i didn't understand that uh but apparently if they were able to maintain this quality without testing up until now <laughs> <laughs> With a testing team, we should be good, right? Uh, I, you know, we, we have former Platinum Pros, uh, Pro Tour top eight, is eight uh, people on, on the team. So I think I think it should be good to go. Uh, the, the only thing is I hope they don't put too much weight into their testing, right? Because, you know, you have the problem of inbred metagames and stuff like that. Uh, but it's definitely good to, to have pros playing and actually... Given the resources, i.e. time, to actually play enough matches and brew with the decks and whatnot so that we don't have all of these uh, standard bandings that we've seen for the past couple of months. Yeah, I'm excited for that, too. I think it I mean, it can't be a bad thing. It's hard for me to view more high level people playtesting with cards. Like, it's hard to see much of a downside in that other than, like you said, the potential of like an inbred metagame. But still, I think the benefits of having more high quality players looking at these cards, trying to break these cards before they go public is going to be a big benefit. And hopefully, I'm hoping that that leads to conversations that maybe don't happen before. Like, oh, this Marvel card in its current state, maybe we want to keep it so it's a push card. Maybe we want Marvel to be a, a constructed deck, but maybe that means we need a pithing needle or need something to like interact with this. And those are things that you might not get with a more casual once a week, get the crew together over lunch break to play a couple <laughs> games with the new cards type of play testing process, which is almost how it sounded like in the past. So I'm very hopeful that that'll lead to some good things in the future and maybe reduce some of these problems. Yeah, for the next Pro Tour, we need a new enter uh, enter the battlefield. Like, what actually happens at Wizards R&D? <laughs> <laughs> Is it really people, like, playtesting over their lunch break and, like, that's the time they have? Or, you know, is the playtest team actually just three people? I, I, I would hope that they get focus groups and a lot more people. Uh, the, the other danger of having kind of spikes test the uh, sets is uh, you might leave the casual players out, right? Like, you know, if your set was all Tarmogoyfs and Lightning Bolts, you know, Spikes would love it, but the casual player, the Johnny and the Timmy might not. So hopefully there's a balanced approach and their team is balanced. 
among all of the uh, you know different magic player archetypes we have. Yeah, it sounds like a reasonable way of doing it. Get some commander people, some casual people, and have a good mixture going on. All right, speaking of commander, my new favorite format, at least until all the cards are banned away, <laughs> 1v1 commander. <laughs> how many How many leagues have you played so far? Probably seven or eight leagues. Ooh, so, so, so the, you the do beauty like of it. 1v1 commander is it's fast. Uh, you know, you can actually sit down and complete a league in like two, two to three hours because it's only one game. Uh, but I've been having a blast. I thought it was going to be Legacy Light, but in a lot of ways, it's actually Turbo Legacy. You know, nothing feels better than uh, Vampiric Tutor for Strip Mine and then Loam Strip Mine <laughs> lock you out. Uh, that's a common win con. Uh, just, just playing Brainstorm with Preordain, with Ponder, uh, with Serum Visions, uh, real cantrips. Uh, playing with Dig Through Time and Treasure Cruise, uh, Force of Will, Days, uh, all of these cards, you can have a great time if you if you like playing older formats. Uh, you you get a lot of cards that are not legal uh, in Legacy, like Demonic Tutor, Vampiric Tutor, Strip Mine, uh, all all kinds of fun stuff. And you've noticed that everything I've said is uh, blue or blue black, and that's because I've been playing what I think is the best deck, Tassiger. And uh, the second best deck, or the other best deck, would probably be Baral. And those two decks just dominate uh, the 1v1 metagame right now. Uh, so much so that green decks just main deck Carpet of Flowers. And it's not balanced. And with a very light hands-off ban list and a lot of OP blue cards, uh, this is what you expect. And... There's a ban and restricted announcement this Wednesday for 1v1 Commander. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. But right now, Blue is totally overpowered, and uh, I liked it. It's fun. <laughs> we'll see how they rein it back. But uh, what have your experiences been with the new with the new Moto format? I haven't played quite as many leagues as you. I think I've done two or three, maybe three. And I've been playing the opposite deck as you. I've been playing the other best deck in Brawl or Brawl Polymorph, actually. I think there's a couple of different Brawl decks. Some of them are not on the Polymorph plan, but a lot of them are. And that deck is really insane as well. You have just so many counter spells and so many ways to annoy the opponent. Plus, you also can just randomly win on turn three by polymorphing your Brawl. So I think that deck is very good. I wouldn't be surprised if that was actually targeted with a banning uh, this week. I don't know what that banning would be. Maybe Brawl just being banned as a commander would be the way to go. It's hard to imagine them banning regular blue cards like force of will or brainstorm or something like that that seems a little weird in a commander format uh but i don't know i think it's been pretty fun it's more fun than i expected it would be it is definitely way different than casual commander so that part holds true as far as our predictions heading into these commander leagues but it's actually a really fun format you get to do a lot of broken things play a lot of broken cards and like you said, it's just really fast. If you're looking for a way to sit down and play a league and be done with it, some of my leagues I've gotten done in like an hour, an hour just over an hour to play all the matches because they're only uh, one game each match. So it's it's a f pretty fun experience, and I'm really glad that they added the format in. As far as the balance, it is all blue decks or primarily blue decks, and I don't know... Maybe that's just how the format will be. If you think about Legacy, that's kind of like Legacy too. I think last time I looked, 71-ish percent of decks are Force of Will decks in Legacy. So maybe if you're going to have the card pool be 
similar to Legacy, or maybe even Vintage, you would argue, is the most similar card pool, that maybe that's just naturally how decks will end up, is being kind of biased towards blue. And I don't know if that's a, a bad thing, or if that's a characteristic of the format, almost like it is in Legacy. I mean, it is a bad thing. I mean, depends what Wizards' goal with this format is. Uh, there is literally no white or red <laughs> in this format. <laughs> like... The, the next best deck would be probably Nissa. And, uh, Nissa gets, you know, you, Nissa's actually a really strong deck, but it's kind of hard to win when your opponent just combos off on turn four and you can't stop it. But if you're actually playing the fair game, Nissa is crazy. Uh, Nissa lets you actually get a forest every time you cast her. So you're halfway there to casting her again. And in the late game, she always flips when you cast her, uh, drawing you an extra card or giving you a four four token. And because you're doing big, scary green things, you have the best cards in the format. You have uh, Emrakul. Both Emrakuls are like game ending in this format. You have Primeval Titan. Primeval Titan can go get you Cavern of Souls and Eldrazi. Uh, sorry, Eye of Ugin. Or it can get you Strip, Strip Mine Wasteland. Like basically a Primeval Titan will end the game just like it does in multiplayer. So it's, so green is actually fairly decent. It's just being suppressed by blue. But white and red are just non-existent. Every time I see a Zergo deck, it's an auto win. Uh, <laughs> there simply are not enough good cards. You know, starting at 30 life is a big deal. And there aren't, you know, the, the number 5 to 15 best burn spells are terrible. Whereas <laughs> number 5 to 15 blue card draw, black removal, blue counter spells, they're all really good still. But when your opponent is sitting there casting... Uh, lightning strike as their burn spell <laughs> it feels really bad you're like okay uh days uh the, the one thing red does have going for them is boil uh boil instant speed four mana destroy all islands uh so and uh blood moon so so that's the red advantages but i, I basically see no red or no white whatsoever and even the kind of the regular powerhouses you see from commander like don't exist animar uh, is pretty questionable. Like those commanders just don't play well in this kind of legacy environment. Uh, so, so yeah, say that Wizards wants blue and secondarily green to not be as good. Maybe uh, get white and red to be and black too. Really, black is a splash color in some of these decks or part of blue decks, but. You see a lot of mono blue, mono green, and then those two colors with other colors added in, but you don't really see the other three colors. So if Wizard wants to balance the format, what do you think they do on this next BNR update? Like, how do they <laughs> diversify, so, or is it you, even possible? You gotta ban both Baral and Tassiger. Those two commanders really enable the blue decks. And then you gotta go after the cards, I guess. Go Treasure Cruise, Dig Through Time. You know, if these cards are banned in literally every other format, why are they legal here? <laughs> Especially in a format full of tutors. I think Emrakul is actually pretty oppressive, both Emrakuls. If you think Emrakul does dirty things in standard, <laughs> let me show you what you can do with legacy cards. You can, you can have seven cards in hand, be ahead on board, and they play Emrakul and you don't have, you know, a stifle to stop them taking your turn. Your hand can just go to shreds, like, immediately. <laughs> So Emrakul's pretty bad. Primeval Titan's pretty bad. Strip Mine, I don't know why Strip Mine's in this format. 
there's no counterplay. They're like forests. You're like strip mine. <laughs> <You're> like, okay. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Like you'd, you'd have to ban it all the way down to modern if you wanted blue not to be dominant. Because you, you're still always going to have brainstorm and fetches. You're still going to have jays. That's a problem. And I, I don't know. I, I don't think this can be balanced. That's why it's a weird format for them to make. That's why I would have preferred kind of the actual casual commander where it's self-policing. But I think the best you can do is ban it down to legacy power levels and just let blue dominate. So are you expecting a big update uh, with this next BNR? Like, are you expecting multiple, several, many cards banned? I would think they would ban Baral and Tassiger. I think those those decks, if you're not playing those decks, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> like, if you're actually trying to win... Yeah. And there, there's no room for fun in this format. Like, you can't go, like, just on draw zombies and accomplish anything. You're going to be, like, dead before anything happens. So it's a competitive <laughs> format. And if you're playing competitively, there's only two decks that, you know, are a clear cut above the rest. So I think you got to hit those commanders. Like, a lot of the power is the commanders. Like, Tassiger is just a one man of four or five that can be recast multiple times and draws you cards. So it's hard to replace Tasker. You can play Leovold or something, but it's not the same effect. So I think hitting the commanders is actually a pretty big deal. Yeah, and Brawl, I mean, the obvious thing to do would be to switch to Jace, but it's a, a big downgrade based on the style that Brawl wants to play with being so counter-heavy, the polymorph plan, getting the discount on those spells makes Brawl, I think, significantly better than Jace Friends Prodigy, even though you could just slot Jace into that deck and use it like a really bad Brawl, essentially. Uh, I did hear the horror story. Uh, I figured I should mention this. Uh, we did Commander Clash last week, and it was Penny Dreadful Commander decks. And Jennifer played a uh, Brago deck, which was really sweet. But Penny Dreadful is, your deck is a dollar, and Moto Price is as cheap as it gets. Ultra, ultra, ultra budget. And I did get a comment from someone that said, Oh, I saw your Brawl deck, so I built it and took it into a, a league on Magic Online. <laughs> and got absolutely crushed. Uh, so I could imagine this poor person that watched Commander Clash and bought the the Penny Dreadful Brago deck and had to play Brawl and Tasker all day in a league and lose their 12 tickets or whatever it is. Let, let me tell you, at least like 25% of my games end in a strip mine lock. <laughs> so <laughs> the other person is not having a good time. Like you just like, they're like turn one land uh, and then you're like turn one strip mine. So they're already down a land, right? And then there's like turn two elf. You're like turn one fatal push. You know, turn <laughs> turn three, they play some other thing. You counter it. And then you loan back your strip mine and it's over. And the one yeah. thing I actually learned is never let a tutor go off. So <laughs> I, I'm used to playing like legacy or something where, you know, if they tutor, uh, unless it's like a force of will or something, you can usually just counter whatever they tutored for and it'll usually cost them more mana. But most of the time in 1v1 Commander, you're tutoring for a strip mine. <laughs> so you can't <laughs> counter the strip mine. So you must counter, you must counter the tutor. Otherwise, uh, they play the strip mine and then you can try to counter their life from the looms. Unless you have a dissolve or something that exiles, you're not going to get anywhere <laughs> and you just slowly get strip mine to death. And then, uh, you just, you just, you just concede. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a miserable experience to lose against a strip mine lock. But is, uh, that's 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 how the older formats are played. Is Tassiger also playing that lock? Like, is your deck doing that as well? 
Yeah, so Tassigur, that's that's one of the main decks that that plays the lock because Tassigur has green in it. So you can strip mine and you can play Crucible. And uh, you have black for all the tutors. So Tassigur definitely is a strip mine deck. Because the, so, the, the only other win con is winning with the 4-5 Tassigur, which is a <laughs> uh, six-turn clock. So most of the time you just lock them down and then beat them down with Tassigur so, or strip mine them. So in your league experiences, last commander question, have you ran into any decks that you're like, oh man, that deck, it can't compete with Jace, with Tassigur, but it looks really sweet. If this format wasn't so busted and biased towards these certain commanders, I would love to be playing that deck. Have you run into that type of deck, or is it pretty much everyone's just playing Brawl and Tassigur and the budget people are on Zergo? I mean, the sweetest deck I've seen are the Nissa decks, because they're doing crazy things. It's it's almost like 12 posts versus miracles, except they don't have 12 <laughs> posts. So if you don't lock them out early, uh, they eventually get to this end game where you can't stop them. And it's pretty sweet, but it's also a tier one deck. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know if I should uh, cheer it on. Or it's, it's a tier 1.5 deck. Like as soon as you remove the blue decks, I think the green decks will run rampant because you can't really interact uh, with these Eldrazi. And having Eye of Uga in the format is. It really hurts because you can always fetch it up with any of your green land tutors in addition to Primeval Titan, uh, in addition to, you know, normal Tron things like Expedition Map and stuff like that. And getting either Emrakul's, Ugin, Worldbreaker, uh, you know, because you can do the same strip mine lock with Ugins and Worldbreakers and stuff like that, right? You can just get them down to zero lands pretty quickly. So I think Nissa is actually the sweetest uh, non-blue deck, but it's really good. I haven't seen, you know, the tier 5 zombies list or tier 5 goblins <laughs> list or something where I'm like, yeah, that's pretty sweet. Because chances are they didn't play anything and they just died by turn 4. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so even if someone was playing something sweet, you'd never know because they were already dead. <laughs> yeah, you know they're playing something sweet because they haven't done anything for the first three turns and they're dead. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, so uh, are you going to keep playing? Are you going to keep playing Commander uh, 1v1? Yeah, I, I like it because it's fast. It's actually one of the things I can play on Magic Online. I don't have time to sit down for, you know, an hour to an hour and a half match and then play five of those to finish a league. Whereas 1v1 Commander, the games go really fast. And if you, you know, the unfortunate thing about getting strip mine locked is you lose, but you also lose fast. Right, the minute you see the lock, you just scoop and go on to the next game, so it's it's fast. So the the best thing is the time, and because it's so short, I can just keep playing, and I will. Now, even if they ban my Tassiger, I'll I'll find something else. <laughs> if they ban Brainstorm, I might go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'll keep playing it too because I've had fun with it. I haven't. I want to explore some different new strategies, even though I'm sure they're not as good as what we have going on. So I'll probably wait till after the band announcement on Wednesday and then go from there. But I definitely plan to jam some more of them too. So I think overall, good addition from Moto. I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. Yeah, they need to lower the starting life total if they want red to be relevant in the color pie. Being at 30. You know, it takes 15 hits for Zergo to kill you uh, at full life. Uh, commander damage, it takes uh, 11 hits to kill you. It, it's not... It's a long time. You, you really need the starting life total to be 20 or 25 or something to give red decks a chance. And, I mean, that could happen. I think they're pretty open to adjusting things. So I would be down with trying 25 and see 
what that did to the metagame. Yeah. It, it'd be I, I don't think it... The closest I've ever come to losing to a red deck is I tapped out and then uh, I got boiled. Uh, but then I just force a willed it, so it was all good. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I was like, main deck boil. I'm like, no, there's no sideboard, so everything's main deck, right? But there's enough blue cards floating around that people just main deck boil. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, let's do fish mail. So if you have questions, send them to at mtqgoldfish with the hashtag mdgfishmail, and we'll get to your questions on air. Uh, first question from jy33rlmusoj3. <laughs> I, I don't know what that name is. Thoughts on Celestial Colonnade reprint in Modern Masters? Yeah, I mean, it seems like it could be a possibility. Is now that, that, that the we've next place? you think it's going to be? Because we, we, we're, we're in desperate need of all of kind of the creature lands. Uh, Raging Ravine, Creeping Tar Pit, Colonnade, they're all super expensive because they missed the last Modern Masters. It seems like a definite possibility. I think that either the creature lands, the original ones, or another reprint of fetch lands, depending on what things look like a year or two from now price-wise. Right. Next Modern Masters is 2019, right? I believe so we don't i guess we don't know for sure they could speed it up and do it next year or something but i would i believe it should be 2019 well is celestial colonnade iconic enough for you yeah would it I go think in so. iconic I mean, masters no oh not no <laughs> Mo- it's modern iconic it's definitely would fit modern masters it's a like the main win condition of uh the blue white and jeskai control decks for as long as modern has been a format but iconic masters and eh, i don't know about that it doesn't feel iconic to me all right next question from true semicolon is standards problem kaladesh block so many busted cards marvel copter harp and copycat uh, is this Urza's block? <laughs> all, <laughs> do we have all the broken cards from the same block here? <laughs> I mean, a lot of the problematic cards are from Kaladesh, but I think the problem, kind of like we talked about earlier, the underlying problem, I think, is still just not having good enough answers for a lot of those things. That's my take. So I think Kaladesh is the, the symptom rather than the problem. Yeah, and let's not forget Emrakul is not from Kaladesh. Emrakul was from uh, Shadow's Block. Uh, Vico, vague, vague SS, what predictions do you have for Marty Vehicles going forward? Is it still worth it to main deck Artifact Hate? Well, I think you main deck Artifact Hate for... Marvel now. We saw Sean McLaren actually was playing green-black and doing really well. Uh, made the top eight, I believe, at the GP yesterday. And his main innovation was four dissenters deliverance in the main deck. And the plan was, you're gonna, you get a spin on your Marvel, but then I'm gonna be able to kill it, and hopefully I fade the first spin, and then I can beat you. So, I think that, especially with dissenters deliverance, since you can cycle it away, I think it's even more important now than it was to have main deck artifact eight. As far as Mardu, play blue cards in your side board and i think it's still a one of the second tier of decks behind marvel like that next grouping mardu might just get incidentally hated on because everyone's packing uh artifact removal for the marvel decks and then your vehicles are just gonna get the collateral damage from that so uh it's interesting to to be an artifact deck at this time due to marvel uh next question adlan mavel is Spell Queller the final piece to make UW Spirits a competitive standard deck? Uh, it, it, 
was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when it first came out, the Blue-White Spirits was, like, the dominant deck for a while before Reflector Mage got banned. It was the best deck in the format. So, yes, it is. And I think that Blue-White has gotten better now. That was one of the the big techs to beat Marvel when it first became very good back last uh, fall after Kaladesh first came out was the blue white deck using spell queller is just such a really great answer to a Marvel that can't be hit by negate or dispel, which is usually how Marvel decks try to force through their Marvel. So I think it might be time for that deck to make a bit of a comeback. And we did see it show up at some of the GPs over the weekend and it's kind of climbed up the metagame page. It's not in the second tier of decks. It's like in the third tier of decks, but it was like, like the fifth or sixth tier of deck a couple of weeks ago before the re uh, rise or resurrection of the Marvel archetype. All right. Next question from one Epic pug. I'm a newer commander player that loves big mana standard decks like blue green crush. What's the best commander for me? Hmm. Nissa. We were just talking Nissa. That seems like a good one, right? Yeah, Nissa is a pretty good commander. Omnath for multiplayer. Uh, basically, what about- any green commander, <laughs> any green commander is usually quite big and rampy. I'm trying to think of one in blue and green, and I can't think of a blue green ramp commander off the top of my head. Oh, there, there, there's blue ramp the uh, the planeswalker. It's a fairy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's mono blue, but it's a pretty rampy mono blue deck as well. Sounds like a plan. Uh, next question from. Thimgan87, I want to play more, and the only option I have is Moto, so what's the most cost-effective way to get into Moto? Uh, there, there isn't any secret way of getting into Moto cheaply, unfortunately. Um, it really depends on what formats you want to play. The best things you can do to save money is probably buy your cards directly from like card hoarder, MTGO traders, those type of websites. And you get a bit of a discount over buying tickets and then spending the tickets that saves you a percentage. If you know someone that's got a bunch of extra tickets that you personally know, preferably don't buy from random people because fraud is out there, uh, but that you know that has tickets, that's even better. So just little edges like that, but there isn't any, any way to grind your way into magic in the same sense you would Hearthstone or something like that. Yeah, and you can start with the cheaper formats. Momir is pretty cheap. You just buy a deck and then you can just play. Uh, it's like 10 bucks. Or Popper. Popper decks are pretty cheap. Uh, Casual Commander, you can just build like a $10 deck. And uh, if you have a bunch of friends that play online, you can play Unlimited for free. Uh, so there are cheaper formats. If you want to get into kind of the most popular formats like Standard... Uh, then you're gonna have to build a budget deck because it's pretty expensive. Otherwise, a Magic Online if you're just starting. Uh, next question from Retro Twinfin: Should I sell my Demonic Tutors? I play Cube and Modern and want to upgrade my Modern deck. Cube already has a tutor. Uh, I don't see why you wouldn't. I don't think there's any specific reason to hold them. Especially since they're not on the reserve list, even though they're old cards and they could be reprinted in a future... I mean, talk about Iconic Masters. If there's an Iconic Tutor that would make a great chase card, Demonic Tutor is definitely on that list. Yeah, now that you mentioned that, Demonic Tutor is probably there. So I, I would sell it, especially if you're not using it. If you're not using it, like there's no point in holding it. So sell the cards you're not using for cards you would actually use. Uh, next question from Gosu Gelber Sack. 
How is Noble Hierarch still 40 euros with, in fact, not a tier 1 deck and even Bant Aldrazi falling out of favor? It's just super heavily played. Right now I'm looking at the list. It's the ninth most played card in modern overall. And it's not because it sees so much play in any individual deck. It just sees play in a ton of decks. Uh, the new Abzan Company counter Vizier Remedies deck, Nightfall decks, Abzan decks, Ban Eldrazi decks, Infect decks. You go down the list, it's just in so many decks. So I think that that's the big reason. It just has demand across so many different archetypes. Speaking of High Arc, from SLC West, is Noble High Arc on theme enough to see an Invocation reprint? They have to fit in some green cards somehow. I assume this means in Hour of Devastation. Hour of Devastation. Is Noble Hierarch uh, <laughs> regal enough? Or <laughs> I don't know the justification for invocation. Like, has to do with gods and royalty. So is Noble Hierarch on theme? Uh, I don't know what a Hierarch actually is, but it, it sounds regal. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Maybe they do need to find green cards because green definitely got the shaft the the first go around. So I, maybe I don't know. It doesn't really scream Egyptian or God theme to me. But if they have to stretch a little bit to find some good ones, I guess it could. Maybe there's a way you can make it work with the art and the flavor of it. All right. Next question from Mint Black Lotus. Any tips on reducing the click intensity of Momir? I lose to clock more than my opponent. Click your Momir first before you tap your mana, and then and then when you tap your lands, it just automatically goes towards the X of Momir. I know it's a big one. If you do it the opposite way and tap all your lands, then click Momir, you have to click all the mana again to add it in. Otherwise, uh, F6 on your opponent's turn, since you don't have counter spells or anything anyway, so you can't really interact, and it'll just stop during combat if your opponent attacks and let you choose blockers, but I think those are the two big ways you could try to save a bit of time. Yeah, and the, the clicking thing applies to basically everything in Magic. Uh, Tassiger, uh 1v1 commander, I time out a lot as well. Uh, you have to click the ability first, then pay the mana. It's actually a lot better than uh, clicking the mana first and then paying for the ability, because it makes you then select the different types of mana. Uh, next question from Luca Scanu. Is burn good in the current modern meta? Uh, I think burn is fine. I don't think it's bad, but it is in it is in the top grouping of decks right now. We'll have to see. The big hot deck right now is the Infinite Life slash Infinite Mana Counters Company deck. Sort of had a breakout weekend to some extent on the SCG event. And that seems like it could be a rough matchup, but it seems good against the Death Shadows decks, which are really popular as a way to potentially steal some wins there, or at least reasonable. Like, it's risky in the sense that you uh, pump up your opponent's Death Shadows, but if you can leave up some burn, you can kind of punish them for uh, paying their own life to pump up Death Shadows. So I think it's definitely like a Tier 1 1.5 deck at the moment. All right, next question from DPhillips83. I want to play Standard at my LGS, but Fridays are impossible for me to do. How do I convince Watsi to allow FNM on other days? Um, uh, I think FNM is kind of stuck to Fridays, but usually I see like the bigger gaming stores they have multiple events, so the, you know the if you actually want FNM promo, you're kind of stuck on Friday. But all of the other days usually have some kind of event, so I would actually talk to your local game store about it. 
to add kind of non-Friday events. But in terms of getting promos and stuff, uh, I think you're kind of out of luck. Because I, I don't know that Wizards will allow people to hold FNM on non-Fridays. Yeah, and keep a lookout for, like, when they did the standard showdown. Uh, I think they've done it twice so far, and I think those were Sundays for, like, a six-week run. So they do occasionally do other standard events that do have promo or other giveaways like that that aren't on Fridays. So keep an eye for when those uh, happen to come up as well. All right. Mike R. Wolf. Blue Red Gift Storm is dominating our local modern FNM. How do you beat it? Surgical Extraction? If so, which card? Uh, Surgical Extraction can be okay. It really depends on the situation. Usually, unless you can get the actual um, past in flames before your opponent has been able to cast it, like if it somehow gets milled or in the graveyard, usually go after the Manamorphoses, I think, are the most important card, because that's usually the pinch is blue mana after they cast past in flames. They usually have a ton of red mana because of the rituals, but to be able to cast uh, their cantrip spells, they need blue mana and they rely on Manamorphose. Otherwise, uh, any hard graveyard hate is very good against that deck. Rest in Peace, Relic of Progenitus, Tormod Script. Also, counter spells and Thought Seizes can be very good against them. Hand Disruption. So those are the directions I would head against Storm. My answer is always turn one Thought Seize, turn two Goyf, <laughs> Turn three, whatever sideboard card you have for them. <laughs> so, uh, graveyard hate, ley lines, you know, just removing the graveyard is a big deal. Just not letting them be alive enough to cast gifts, right? Punish them for not interacting with the board. Uh, usually a big goif will do that. Thalia, also very, very helpful against things like this. Uh, next question from Emmett Yeager. As an employee of an LGS with a strong EDH scene, which ban list should we be gravitating towards? It's happening. The fracturing of the uh, ban list. <laughs> I, I think it's, if you're playing casual multiplayer, I think it's going to be the same in the end. So I, I don't think you're going to have to choose, but I would, oh, jeez, I, I don't know. I would wait until after, Wait until after the Hour of Devastation update, see if it ends up being exactly the same, which is my guess, and then problem solved. Yeah, I think for now, using the normal Rules Committee ban list is probably best. Like, the Moto is not that popular yet, and it hasn't really taken off, so just use what everyone is kind of used to currently. Uh, last question from Randon Dark Rider. Do you think Choice of Damnations is playable in either Modern or Commander? Seth, do you even know what Choice of Damnations does? <laughs> sort of. Because I don't. <laughs> what does it this is, card do? I know it's a six-mana black sorcery from Kamigawa Block. It is a sorcery arcane. Something to do with choosing. You have to choose a number, and then there's some weird like pang of life, and one player loses life equal to the number that ends up being bid? You, like, bid back and forth or something? Is that close? Okay, target opponent chooses a number. You may have that player lose that much life. Uh, if you don't, that player sacrifices all but that many permanents. Wait, what? Oh. So the <laughs> opponent chooses a number, and then you can have them lose that much life, and if they don't lose that much life, they have to sacrifice that many permanents? Okay, so if the opponent picked one you would be like, okay, sack down to one permanent. 
You no, you get to choose. So you'd be like, all right, you sack all but one permanent. Oh, and if they, okay. If they okay. choose ten, you're like, okay, I ten you. So I think that it's not playable because not playable in most situations, although it could be in a very specific deck, maybe because it's very expensive and most of the time it's just going to be a big burn spell. And if you think of it as a six mana burn to your opponent's face spell, what number of damage are you going to have to get for it to be worthwhile? I'm thinking it's got to be like 10 plus for it to be worth it. Because you have, like, Soren's Vengeance, which I think drains for 10 at 7 mana. So, I think there's just... The numbers don't line up well. Because you're going to be in a situation where if you are, like, picking... Your opponent picks 7. It's going to be a situation where, like, oh, they maybe sack 1 permanent. Or they take 7 damage. They're still at 13 life. And it just doesn't really do a whole lot. So... I don't think it's actually playable. It's too punishery when you really look at how the numbers work out. So what you really need to do is team up with the buddy, mind slaver <laughs> an opponent, and then <laughs> quicken choice of damnations the person you have mind slavered and kill them on the spot with choice of damnations. <laughs> Against the odds, I mean- 2v2 <laughs> commander multiplayer. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely playable in the against the odds sense. Actually, this seems like a great against the odds card. I don't know why we haven't had this on the poll yet. So I'll definitely add it to a future against the odds poll. Maybe it'll win and then we'll find out just how playable it actually is. All right. That's all our fish mail for this week. Thank you, everyone, for sending them in. Uh, remember to send them to the hashtag MDGFishMail uh, at MTGGoldfish and we'll get to your questions. So that wraps up uh, this week's podcast. Any thoughts out the door, Seth? No, just, uh, I don't know. I'm excited. We have more tournaments coming up. So I'm excited to see if Standard continues to develop over the next two or three weeks heading into the midseason BNR announcement. I think that's going to be a really big deal to see the next couple of tournaments. And if things stay like they are, trend away from Marvel, I think we'll, things are going to be okay. If we end up with five, six, seven Marvel decks in top eights, then I'm going to start to get nervous that we're going to have another huge uproar about the banned and restricted announcement and i'd like to avoid that again yeah so i'm excited for this wednesday i'm excited for this wednesday's magic online 1v1 update because it'll tell us what uh their attitude towards this format is is it going to be the wild west where they're just hands off and let whatever happens happens or are they actually going to try to police the format and get equal representation of the color pie there so it'll be a very telling update, I think. So that's it, everyone. Thanks for joining us for the MTG Goldfish podcast. Uh, I don't. What, what does Chaz say to sign off the podcast? Hi, I don't remember. I don't remember, but we'll just go with this is the crew <laughs> signing off. See you next week. Hey, I, I think that was it. I think you got it by accident. <laughs> <laughs>